0: Welcome Welcome to the Bacon Games Sports Pod, Your source for the latest on baseball, football, and whatever else he feels like talking about. Get ready. ready. Here is your host, Jesse.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I'm here with my special guest, Tyler, for another episode of talking about the draft, and that's pretty much it, because that's all that's going on for another five months, probably. Uh, Tyler, why don't you go to and introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, uh, my name's
0: Tyler. Um, avid college football and NFL fan. Uh, probably some would say uh, uh, borderline uh, insane, <laughs> uh, probably a good term to use uh played football throughout high school and in college uh was, was never the most talented by by any means so i knew i didn't have a long career ahead of me in that uh so it's just kind of spun off into uh coach semi-pro for for a few years and uh unfortunately there's there's not a whole lot of money or future in that as well so i'm uh, just a just an everyday guy that, that loves talking football
1: hey that's cool man i pretty much sucked at sports um through most of my life um i played baseball for a while and i I couldn't really get through it uh, in high school so (laughs) um what way not even close to where you went to (laughs) but i i get that um okay so we're mostly talking about the draft here i think um so the first question i had is um who are like your favorite prospects coming to the draft maybe like some guys outside of like the top 10 top 15 you know some like deeper guys
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh so I I I'm, I'm mainly a huge college football fan which which I grew up loving the NFL and then and it kind of turned more towards towards college just because uh, I realized kind of at a at a at an early age that uh, the passion seems to be more in the college they they're playing to get to the money as opposed to some of these guys you know it's kind kind of hard to blame them uh, about getting upset about a week 4 loss when they just made a couple million dollars so um would Which my love for college football is is kind of um, centered more towards the NFL as well with things like the draft and stuff. So um, big, big college football fan. And because of that, I probably know a little more about some of these guys than I should. Um, But just off the top of my head, um, you know, there's there's a couple guys under the radar. The Raiders picked up a guy, uh, a meek. He's a corner out of um, Louisiana Tech. He's going to be a, a nickel corner. If this guy, and many scouts had said, that if, the guy's 5'8", and, and that's probably on a good day. But if this guy's two more inches, I mean, it's a guy that we're talking about uh, potentially going in the first round. Uh, ball hawk kid, always around the ball, three-year starter, 17 interceptions, uh, six forced fumbles, so that's a guy that just naturally talented about always finding himself in the right places at the right times um and then you got a third rounder that since he picked up that i was kind of beating the drum for for a while a kid named logan wilson uh out of wyoming who mm-hmm. not a lot of people were uh were talking about until he until we got to the combine he got an invite and uh, showed that he had the athleticism to be you know an every down linebacker scored an 80 through pro football focus in 18 and 19 in coverage and and the, the, obviously in the conference they play in, they're, they're slinging the pigskin around a little bit. So, um, now the interior line, you got a guy, Caesar Ruiz, coming out of Michigan. You know, he's not a guy that's going to jump out on tape like your Makai Beckins and your Alex Leatherwoods and and uh, Josh Joneses. But you're not going to watch his film and say, man, you know, look at that block. What, what a pancake block. But he's also a guy that you're going to turn the film on and watch five straight games and and there's nothing that you can pick apart and just a real solid foundational kid coming out of Michigan. Like, like they typically produce in the NFL.
1: Yeah. um, Those, those two guys are are great. Um, I had read a little bit about um, who's Amik Robinson. Um, I'm like a pretty big PFF um, alkylate. So I I read most of the stuff they say. Um, And yeah, he had had like a really good coverage grade for them. And and I, I liked him decently well. Um, as a sleeper coming out, um, yeah, I I didn't get a chance to watch too much film. I watched, like, probably a game or two on YouTube for him. Um, and he, he seems good enough. I'm I'm happy to have him there. But the guy out of Wyoming, yeah, I was really high on him. On um, the linebacker, right? Wilson? He got, he's out of what? Yeah. Logan Wilson? Or, yeah, yeah. he, he seems like a really good pick. I, I like that the Bengals did on day two. um, uh, Like, a lot. I mean, taking Joe Burrow is, like, kind of an easy A for me. Um, And then T. Higgins, plus the rest of the linebackers they got, um... Really going to help to transform that defense, I think. Um, which is definitely the, the the worst part of their game, for sure. <laughs> now that they have Burrow um uh, NT even, um, and yes, he's a beast. Like he can, he can play like center, he can play guard, right? He seems like he's all over the place. He's only twenty years old. Uh, he he was one guy. I was happy that he went in the first round because he's an obvious first round talent for me. Like easy first round talent.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Amik Robertson got plays like 6'10", six foot ten, and and that's a guy who. PFS big board coming into the draft, they had him at number 75 ranked out of all prospects, and Oakland picks him up in the fourth round at 139 without any trading or moving or anything. So, again, you know, five going to hurt the guy. You know, he's he's going to place, he's going to be a slot corner in, in certain packages, but you know, for again, all the scouts are banging on the banging on the drum saying two inches taller, and and this guy's nowhere close to to a to a third fourth round guy.
1: -hmm. I mean, really, like, cornerbacks are so necessary. I'm sorry, third string cornerbacks or even slot cornerbacks, right? They're they're even more necessary in the NFL than than they were at any other time in their history. So I would expect him to get a lot of play, right? I mean, hopefully, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. As more as we transition in the NFL, um, you know, and and start seeing three and four wide receivers, and then you start looking at tight ends, and Gronk kind of paved the way, and then you got your, your Zach Ertz's and your Travis Kelsey's and your Darren Wallers of the world. Um, you know it's, it's 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 we're transitioning much more away from having two solid corners and cover linebackers to you know linebackers are really starting to come off the field you're starting to see in second downs and and you're you're loading up with with three four or five corners you know, safeties that are versatile you're gonna have to bring them up play in the box be able to make tackles and be able to cover so we're, we're asking these guys to do a lot more than we ever have but at the same time. It, uh college is doing a really good job at uh, kind of preparing them. But it's it's definitely interesting for sure. I think you nailed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Do, do you think we'll see more, like, four receiver sets in, like, the future of the NFL? Like, I, I know teams are, like, you, know, you need to have a, a solid wide receiving uh, core, one through three, right? Two outside guys and, and a slot guy, right? But do you think we'll see more of, a, like, four wide receiver sets than, like, and, like, a running back or a tight end, like, as the extra, like, receiver out there? Do you think we'll see more of that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's, that's a really great point, Jesse. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you take a look at it's a copycat league. It's been said many, many times, and you take a look at Kansas city and and uh, what they were able to do with, with speed. And you, and it's kind of funny though, as I'm looking through the draft, you know, the couple days after I'm noticing that there's one common theme before teams and it's everybody's trying to get quicker. So everybody's trying to copy Kansas city's way. And, and, and as being a fan of a team in the AFC West, you, you look around and, you know, they're, you got four four guys lining up that, that all run sub four three four four forties playing wide receiver at Kansas City. I mean, it's it's tough. You really gotta have some guys that are able to cover and I, I think for sure, Jesse, it's a it's a great question that you ask. I think for sure we'll see um until the next greatest thing, but but as far as right now of what Kansas City's doing and being a copycat league, I think for sure we'll see more of three or four five wide, wide receiver sets.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. I, I don't have any like hard data to go on there, but I, I think it makes sense. See, You said AFC uh, West. Are you like a Broncos fan? A Chiefs fan? A Cal- uh, no, Broncos? I don't know.
0: No, I'm, I'm a I'm a lifelong Raiders fan, man. It's OK. Been a really close.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's that's interesting. I I used to own a Raiders shirt. So some people would, would call me Raiders and I was like, no, dude, I'm a Jaguars fan. So. <laughs> it's a little different there.
0: Okay, so you 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 felt my pain. It's, it's oh, I been have. a rough couple of days for it you guys as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we both have what one playoff berth <laughs> in the past, like ten years, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, and
0: unfortunately, ours came uh, right right as Derek Carr, you know, right. breaks his breaks his leg. So uh, yeah. that that was that was not fun, but uh, I'll take it compared to going four twelve like it seemed like we used to for every single year. So.
1: Yeah, that was, that was really shit. Um, he had such an inspired year, never really, hasn't really got back to that point, I don't think, right, in his career after that injury? No, that uh, like
0: 100%. Been, you know. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right, Jesse, and, and it's, it's funny, being a fan, there were so many things that he did good coming out of Fresno State, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wasn't as big as Ben Roethlisberger, he really wasn't as quick as some of the guys that we see, um, in the NFL playing, playing spread and read options, but, uh, he had just enough to, to get him out of trouble and buy time and, and keep his eyes downfield and make plays um, and and stand in the pocket and wasn't afraid to to take a shot to, to the chin to to make a play and I think what I've seen for sure out of Carr is as he tries to play in Gruden's uh, extremely complicated offenses is he's he's not hanging in the pocket much longer uh, not not scrambling around keeping his eyes downfield you know. He's, constantly feeling that internal timer and checking down and and uh, getting the ball out of his hands very quickly, which on one hand we can look on paper and say, man, Car's completion percentage has went up. You know, Gruden's offense, is he starting to get the hang of it? Is he becoming that coach on the field like Gruden wants? But when you really break down the tape and sit and watch, you, you realize that the completion percentage is going up, but the passes completed over 5, 10, and 15 yards are, are, are dwindling very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I wanted Derek Carr, especially after that season. Instead of Bortles, that draft. I remember that draft very clearly. It was a Teddy B draft. Oh man. Anyway, um, let's see. So uh, I think you said you've done like a few mock drafts in the past. How how did they look? Um, you know, after after we've settled after the draft dust has settled.
0: It's a it's a great question. It is one of the most frustrating things, and that, that I continue to put myself through. Uh, it's. it's and every year I, I get a little more confident of, of where I think guys are gonna go and and, and trying to predict trades and, and what's gonna happen and, and every time it, it goes to absolute shit, Jesse, within about uh, five five picks. So um but I think I I think one of the things that was that, that I predicted in this draft that is normally the killer for me every year is uh teams reaching a lot and for whatever, for whatever reason, I, I don't know if it was the, the virtual draft and, and guys not being there or maybe being more relaxed and, and not, not reaching at least for the first round. I mean, a lot of the first round with the exception of a couple picks kind of went chalk, which was mm-hmm. really uh, different for, for me doing mock drafts. Uh, but a lot of guys were able to sit and, and be patient. I mean, you take a look at Dallas. I mean, it, I I was in tears laughing a couple days up to the draft because they were talking about uh, Jerry wanted no scouts contacting him. He wanted to be alone and and do the draft. And and I'm picturing this is the same guy that was in tears over not drafting uh, Johnny Manziel over over Zach Martin, (laughs) and they end up getting a a, a potential Hall of Fame guard out of it. And obviously we know what happened with Money Manziel. So, you know, I I was thinking that Dallas was going to have an unbelievable – know one for the ages draft that we'd be looking back and laughing at and uh they, they may be the winners of the draft gente, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah they were definitely up there for me for sure um yeah i totally feel that about the mocks um i think i nailed you know outside of the top five in whatever order you had it was like pretty good i mean except probably the, the guard out of them Oh, uh, what was his name i'm totally blanking um whatever the, the offensive tackle's name was, or offensive guard. Anyway, uh, Andrew Thomas, that's his name. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, everyone out of him was, like, pretty easy, but the guys I had was, like, um, I had Ken Law going to San Fran, I felt like that was too easy of a fit. Um, it seemed really obvious, but teams also, you know, fuck me over with that shit all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he, he was one that got Michael Pittman to the Colts. I thought the Colts would have to trade up to get him uh, into the first, but they got him in the second, so good for him. Um, and I think oh um also justin jefferson to the vikings that was another one but those are those are basically the only ones i nailed the rest of them were crazy out of there like i really like damon arnett the uh the cornerback out of ohio state um i didn't think he'd go that high but i think he actually did he go to your raiders i think he might have actually
0: he he, he did uh, yeah I was yeah really high. yeah 100 i'm a fan of damon arnett uh the the frustrating thing is you know, we didn't have a second-round pick, so it, and corner was obviously a huge need of ours, um, second to, to wide receiver and linebacker. But we really shorted up linebacker in the offseason. Um, I, I knew this was a deep. Everybody knew this was a deep wide receiver class, so I felt pretty good about it. I was kind of hoping C.J. Henderson slipped to us at 12 or 19, and mm-hmm. you know we could pick up one of the other uh, wide receivers there. But I don't hate the Arnett pick. And I was, you know, defending my Raiders, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm sure there's a great reason we don't have a second round pick, don't have a ton of ammunition to move up, and and more holes uh, than just corner that, that we need to potentially not move up." And as I'm taking up for him, you know, right after the first round concludes, Mayock does an interview saying that they have plenty of calls to move back, but uh, it's it, it was frustrating. I, I, I like the kid, I, I, I but I think the Raiders and Mayock are falling into. Um, what I've kind of deemed the Cleveland Farrell syndrome, which is, uh, y- you know, it's kind of affected Cleveland. You look at Tua. So, you know, Cleveland was on a historic defensive line for Clemson. So uh, multiple guys went first round off that defensive line last year. So it wasn't real hard for that guy playing in the ACC to, to look good. Draft him before Everyone calls it a reach. Doesn't have a very good productive rookie season. Same knock on Tua. Uh, you know he's thrown to maybe, uh, other than maybe the 2000 Canes Miami Hurricanes, uh, maybe the best wide receiver room that college football's ever seen. I mean, you got uh, Rugs and Judy Devonte Smith, and uh, you know that's the knock on Tua is you know, what what quarterback couldn't you know potentially put up those numbers. So. Um, I think you make a good pick about the uh, good point about the Arnett pick. I just would have liked to have seen us potentially trade back um, and, and get an early second, pick him up there. But
1: yeah, I totally get that. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was just like if we can go over some some stuff in the first round. Let's just like get get some good good nice long discussion or however long we can on, on the first round. Um, I assume, like, the top five picks you're, you're pretty okay with, you were pretty into. Um, they seem to be, like you said, like chalk before, right? They were, like, pretty much what we expected?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think obviously, there, there was no secret in the world that Burroughs was going to go first. Uh, Chase Young, I'm, I'm super big on, and I'm really impressed with the Redskins. Uh, they don't usually have a habit of, of making good decisions to um, with a mm-hmm. ton of needs on that team to, to just stay put and say, Hey, listen— Defensive line actually might be one of the strong points for Washington, and uh, you know, for them to say, "Hey, you know, we're, we're not going to reach, we're not going to trade." Guys, probably the best prospect in the entire draft, and you know, we got a lot of holes, so it makes more sense just to take best player available. Uh, I know you said you're a big pro football focused guy, and I thought this was super interesting from them. That he is the highest graded player, quarterback or non-quarterback, in the history of PFF grading. They've only ever announced before the start of the season, before the rookie season, one potential Hall of Famer, which was Quentin Nelson, which I think they're going to nail that. Yeah. And uh, they, they seem to think that uh, Chase Young could could be number two, and, and I'd have to agree with them with that.
1: Yeah, um, so watching Chase Young film, I, I like him a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. I like him a lot, and I'm really trying not to— to malign him or slander him at all in my conversations but um I I do notice this one weird thing about him he's got um you know he he doesn't have as high of a floor I don't think as like the Bosa brothers and I love the Bosa brothers they were just already like ready to go by the time they were like gonna hit the NFL and I love that about them immediate impact immediately good players might not ever get to like super amazing awesome great status but they're always going to be very good players no matter what um and I really like that about them um, and and Chase feels like he has a way higher uh, ceiling. He has like six moves that are like all really good. He doesn't always use them, but that that's something that um that I think could be corrected with time and with a good with a good coach, especially like you said on a good defensive line with what it's like Payne and they got Montez Sweat last year, what I like. Yeah, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Two guys that are really like on, on Washington for sure. Um, there's this weird thing about Chase Young that I noticed, and I don't really know what it means, but every time I watched his film, there'd be one time in a game where he would just get thrown the fuck back out of the pocket. Like like the guard or whatever, the tackle that he's going up against would just like he would like try and like run around them or try and do a move around him, and he would just get thrown completely, like overrun the complete side of the pocket. And it happened once every game. It was really weird. I just wonder if that there's um if if guards or tackles or whatever, I don't even know which I think tackle plays the outside on the, on the line. I'm, yes. I'm so bad with finding. Yeah. Okay. Tackle. I don't know if like tackles are going to be able to exploit that when he comes to the NFL, like uses over aggressiveness or uses athleticism to like push him away or like get him out of the, get him outside the pocket in an easier fashion than it seems the other way. Like I, I watch a lot of film, especially for college guys. Um, and I watched a lot of DNs and I watched a lot of Josh Allen last year. Cause I wanted to see, I wasn't really high on him either. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how his career goes. Uh, but yeah, it's just this weird thing that happens to him. I I have that worry, and that's the only worry I have for him. Besides, you know, the fact that there are things he can prove, he's not there yet. Um, I just I, I'm not ready to call him like a can't miss talent. I think Joe Burrow was by far my my um my favorite most talented player in in the draft. Um, but I understand where PFFs come from. Like I said, I'm a PFF accolade, Um, and I love them. I really do. I think they do really good work. But um, he's one guy I'm not like a billion percent sold on. I like him, but I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah, no, you make you make a really great point. I noticed that it's it's funny. You're the first person other than me that's actually noticed that about Chase awesome. Young. And I think a lot of it is he's so he, he's so much better than what he was going up against in terms of offensive line in college mm-hmm. that I think he was so good with athleticism that it seems to me that when he does get pushed the fuck back as you mentioned, a lot of times it's it's his placement of how far outside he is of the tackle and he's trying to bend around the offensive tackle too much that I think when he meets somebody that's equally as strong or, mm-hmm. or in a better stance than him, I think he's so low and so bent on his turn that I think it's really easy to kind of get him off balance. And and balance is probably the only knock that I, that I do actually have on chase young. I think that uh, you're, you're a hundred percent right with that, but with coaching and, and with realizing that he's in the NFL now, and he's not going to be going up against big 10 uh, guards and tackles from Indiana and, and Maryland and Rutgers that uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll work on that a little bit. But with your mention of Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. let me ask you, I mean, obviously everybody knows uh, that that was no question. You know, he's a homegrown kid from Ohio. He was hundred percent going to go to Cincy uh, best QB ready prospect in the draft. I'm not 100 percent sold on Joe Burrow and I'm taking a lot of heat from that. And as a guy of yourself that likes to watch a lot of film, I'm just curious as to what your analysis is on on Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. of not the college Joe Burrow, but how his game translates to pro and what you think his potential is to be in the NFL.
1: Um, so I've really only been taking like film watching seriously for the past three years, so I, I don't have a lot to go on, but um he just seems like the best pastor I've seen in, in, in my in my life at the college level. Um I, I really like his mobility in the pocket, um, he seems smart, like, look, I'm a, I'm a guy when it comes to, like, quarterbacks, um, I don't really give a shit about, like, arm strength, like, I understand it's important to, like, zip passes in, and, I mean, you've got to be a little um, on my side with your Marcus Russell, right, with the arm strength memes, right, like, <laughs> a little bit, right, um,
0: yes, unfortunately. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. That, it, that is really unfortunate. I, I don't want to open up old wounds. I, I get it. Um, it's okay. We yeah. try not to
0: use the J word around <laughs> yeah, me, but uh, true. I'll, I'll let this one slide. You
1: didn't know. <laughs> all right. I, I will refrain for sure. Um, no, but, um, yeah, Burrow just, he seems like he's the complete package. I like how smart he seems. Um, he's not really turnover prone at all. He, um, I've you know I've heard from like what I call them like secondary sources. I was a history major in college, so like I have my secondary sources, which are like all the analysts, and then I was you know my primary sources is like the film. Um, so you know just going by what most people are saying and how I've all seen everything like connect in the same way, I think he's just like one of the best prospects I've seen. I'm curious what what you think is is wrong with him because like I, I think also quarterbacks are just so hard to judge coming out of college. Like I'm never gonna really like I'm never gonna really like yell at a team or like be mad at a team when they're like reach for a quarterback or. They like just go and get the guy they want. Like quarterbacks are so hard to judge. Like if a team is really sold on him, go do it. I'm not gonna judge you. They're so hard to predict. Um, but I, I am curious. Like, what what are your your strikes against him?
0: Yeah, man, it, it's 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 tough, and I I will be 100% candid in the fact that I will never say that there's a camp miss prospect. Uh, mm. The only one that I've really uh, really beat the drum for it, it was Andrew Luck. Um, obviously that, uh, that didn't pan out as much as I, I thought it would be. I but mean,
1: it, it did, it did though. You know, you can give yourself credit for that. The retirement stuff is, is the Colts fault, you know, not his fault, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I think he turned the ball over more, but I don't think mm. he had a ton of weapons around mm-hmm. him necessarily either, in a, or a great defense on, on the other side of the ball to help. Mm-hmm. I think my, my issue with Joe Burrow is I think he's super smart. Um, I think he's very accurate. Uh, arm strength is, is, is average to above average. Um, Mobility is there. He, he does check the boxes, but um, I think for me, it's just hard to imagine that we're looking at a guy who wasn't able to start over Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones at Ohio State. I mean, those are not names that you look at and you go, "Wow, yeah, I can 100% see why he wasn't able to start there." And well, and, wait, and and listen, sorry. maybe it's you,
1: you mean that you mean that Joe Burrow isn't better than XFL legend Cardell Jones? Not <laughs> <there>. <laughs>
0: sorry. No, 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 it's a, that's 100% <laughs> fair, and I, and I like that. But it's and maybe it's one of those things that we've seen before, where a change of scenery is is what he needed. Um, I don't think it's a thing where he was just surrounded by so much more talent at, at LSU or that Ohio state played such a different version of ball than, than they do at LSU, because I think it's very similar. I mean, they're both have big offensive lines, great defenses, great running backs, um, good wide receivers. So I, I, it's a very similar style of play and I could be a hundred percent wrong. I just am not sure that Joe Burrow is a game changer. He's going to be the Bengal savior. Um, I, I, I personally, uh, think that, Justin Herbert actually may have a chance. Uh, as far as tools, I don't know that he'll win more games uh, or, or anything like that. But I, I'm just not sold on on Joe Burrow's being number one QB in a in a in a franchise saver. Honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. So I I understand what you're saying too. I think quarterbacks are really hard to judge. I totally agree with that stuff. Um. If I was the Bengals, even like I would have considered trading out to get Tua. Um and gotten like gotten other draft picks like if you were able to get like all three of Miami's like first rounders and I was the Bengals I would consider doing that as long as you were able to get Tua um so I'm not like you know I think quarterback prospects again are really really tough so like it it is it is very difficult for me to say with certainty that Joe Burrow is going to be the savior like you were saying I don't like to say can't miss prospects either I'm not I'm not that kind of person I'm never going to be hyperbolic enough to do that I don't think um so I I get what you're saying like it's one hundred percent possible that, like Tua or I think even love could be the best quarterback out of this draft class, and it's and it's not burrow, you know, um, but I, I just I, I can't put pitch, or I can't put up anything like material. Or I can't really say anything like material that I'm like, yes, this is a reason why I found a weakness in this game. It just doesn't seem like I can find it personally. Um does, does that make sense?
0: No, no, a hundred percent, and I think that's why I take a lot of flack is because. Usually when I say something like that, I, I, I usually have something to back it up and I and I and for whatever reason, my only knock on Joe Burrow is, is, is a hunch or, or some kind of mm-hmm. intuition. So it, it really isn't probably fair for me to say that because after I just complimented that he checks all the boxes. But <laughs> I was just curious as another guy that watches film just to see if there was anything that maybe I was missing that jumped off tape to you that said, Hey, yeah, the, you know, there's something that I think that this kid's got that nobody else has. So
1: yeah, I mean it's it's hard to like quantify. I just think he's from from everything I've noticed, he just seems really smart um, with the ball, and that's just so important to me. I love cerebral quarterbacks like Tom Brady and and you know guys like that. I, I don't I don't I don't fall in love with like physical attributes as much as I try and figure like fall in love with guys who don't turn the ball over and guys who are able to see open receivers, throw guys open, you, you know stuff like that. I don't really care if you can throw the ball eighty yards; it doesn't doesn't phase me at all, you know.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I I will very much agree with you there. I much rather prefer my quarterback to have average to above average qualities as long as the ones that stick out the most are, you know, ability to pick up a playbook, ability to not turn the ball over, you know, uh, a willingness to, to win, to be a leader, to be competitive. And uh, I, I love the idea of Joe Burrow. It's a great story. I mean, I don't think anybody can look at that and go, man, you know, I, I don't want the guy to succeed unless you're potentially an <laughs> SEC fan of non LSU, but mm-hmm. No, you're 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 probably right, honestly.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so uh, moving on to I guess like another like a first or top five pick. Do you think Adrian Thomas should have been the first tackle off the board?
0: No, no, absolutely not. In fact, I had him as my my fifth, uh, fourth, fourth offensive tackle, fourth best offensive tackle behind who? Uh, I had Mekhi Becton over him. I had Jedrick Willis over him. I had Tristan Worfs over him. And uh, there's one I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, his counterpart, Isaiah Wilson. I thought mm. Isaiah Wilson was was actually better than him.
1: Okay, cool. Okay, so not – okay, gotcha. Was, was Wills your top guy or, or Becton or – so Becton was kind
0: of my my number one guy until some of the stuff came out of him about him before the draft. But I mm-hmm. honestly I really really liked Tristan Worst out of mm-hmm. Iowa. Giant kid performed super well at the combine. Reminds me of a of a Trent Williams esque where he's super athletic, really light on his feet. He's big. He can definitely play left tackle, but has some athleticism that uh, you know he's he's definitely can hold his own on, on power rushes, but he's not going to get beat, you know, by, by guys like Chase Young that are a little more athletic and, and faster than him. Um, so he kind of reminds me a little bit of Trent Williams. And I, th- I think he's just more complete, not to say that Becton or, or Willis or, or even potentially Thomas can't be better than him at the next level. I just, to me, Tristan worst really stuck out on film.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of thought the top, um the top three guys being Wills, um, Thomas and uh Wofs were We're all very similar, but you know I'm, I'm I'm willing to be wrong on that. offensive line is is tough for me to grade. Um, it's probably the toughest thing. I, I like watching defensive line film and offensive line film, but I am i, I I'm not that good of a scout there. <laughs> I can say that with certainty. so i'm I'm definitely willing to be wrong on that for sure. I think the Giants did a smart job of taking a, a lineman in there, although they've invested a lot of draft capital in their line and, you know, trade capital. I mean Zeitler, you know, trading for him and then drafting uh, Hernandez and then also signing. Um, the guy from the Patriots—I forget Nate his name—has really been good. Yeah, Nate Solder. So they put a lot of a lot of capital in there. So hopefully this is the last piece for them because they've been trying to improve for the past seven, uh, like three years, and hasn't hasn't exactly panned out yet. So I, I like the idea of it, but the prospect, you know, I think it could have gone either way. Yeah, um, ab-
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah. Jeff Okuda at Ohio State—I uh, mm-hmm. think that think that's a great pick after losing Slay. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Patricia's a defensive guy. Um, by far and away, to me, the best corner in the draft. I don't know what your take
1: was on it, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I like it for Detroit. So I, I like Okuda. Um I think this was a sneaky, deep cornerback class. Like, I know people were talking a lot about how like good the wide receivers are and how it might like, be historically good wide receiver class, but I thought the cornerback class was pretty close to that, too. Um, I thought Okuda was the best uh, prospect in the draft, but I didn't think Fulton or CJ Henderson were that far off. Um, I like Fulton, I think as my second guy and then CJ. Um, I really fell in love with Kristen Fulton. Um, he I, I think it was the probably the best pick in the draft by value to get him in the second round with the Titans, and I'm really upset he fell to the Titans, but um, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that way about the corners. I thought Damon Arnett might have been like the third or, four, or probably the fourth or fifth guy. You know, I'm trying to pull up my big board now, but I had a lot of um cornerbacks going like first or second round that were that were really good. um. So so definitely a good is the best. Um, but I don't think it's by much personally.
0: No, and, and that's 100 percent fair. And I, I actually agree with you. Uh, we definitely talked a lot about some of the quarterbacks and uh, obviously the wide receivers in this draft. But uh, I, I actually agree with you. I thought it, I thought it was a pretty sneaky, good cornerback class as well, which is probably other than quarterback one of the positions that i seem to struggle with the, the most uh <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i've definitely had some giant uh, giant misses in there uh i would definitely put gary and conley uh, up there in that, that list as well
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's fair um yeah okay yeah cornerbacks are, are are tough i think too um you know get, getting good film on them is kind of tough too like unless you're able to get like that sky you know tw- or what is it Ah, uh, 24 man or or whatever, like a like skybox view, because it's tough to see them because they're not always with the player, right? Um, and and it is tough to judge. I just I try I try and see guys who are able to like stay with with uh, receivers, like the the best way to do it, and who are able to like stay with guys off the line. Per- you can kind of tell a little bit to like predict routes, and I, and I try and factor that stuff in when I'm taking notes. But uh, uh, all these positions are really hard. Cornerback is no exception. It, it's a tough position to to look at. Probably one of the tougher ones. I to- I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I think
0: I think the style of playing college is just is just so tough as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's for all intents and purposes. It is, it is a true passing league for for mm-hmm. most of these conferences. And uh, it, it, it's just always been a weird thing for for me because, you you know, that when you turn on a football game, it seems like every quarterback in college now, Pat, you know, to pass for four, five hundred, three, four, five hundred yards a game is is nothing. So, you know, it's almost like these corners know what's coming. You know, where right. they're going to be asked to do so many different things in the NFL, from being able to come up and make tackles and play zone, play man, play press. It's it's it's, it's it, I think it's a little tougher, and I think that's kind of where I where I mm-hmm. falter. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I I think you're one hundred percent right on that. Uh, anxious to get your take on Tua.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Tua and Herbert were the next guys taken. Um, I can talk about Tua. Um, uh, first, but I'm I'm curious how you think about how you feel about both those quarterbacks. But yeah, Tua, I liked um a lot. I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel the necessary need to like study his film too hard because I think I had a pretty good idea of who he was coming into the year, and I felt like he kind of reinforced that with his last you know partial year at Al- Alabama. I think he's possible he could be the best quarterback in the draft. Um, he's a guy that. Um, you know, before the injury, and I don't really give a shit about the injury. You're drafting these guys for the long haul. You're not drafting them for you know the season or partial time that they're miss they'll miss coming up. We've come so far with you know reconstructive surgeries and just you know rehabbing guys in general that like I don't think injuries are, are that big of a concern as much as they used to be. Um, so I was pretty in on Tua. Um, like I said, I think he could be the best quarterback in the draft. Um, I I just thought he was you know a wizard Alabama when Alabama wasn't you know the best team in the uh the uh, at college football this year. So that's probably kind of a plus, even though they had a bunch of like NFL ready prospects, they always do. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I just liked him enough on that side. How, how do you feel about Tua?
0: I am. I'm so torn, uh, every day. Uh, honestly, I mean, there's times I throw on the film and I'm like, my gosh, I mean, this guy reminds me of, uh, you know, being a lefty reminds me of <laughs> kind of Joe Montana. He's always making these amazing plays. I love the story of it. Uh, wanted to transfer when he he realized he was going to lose out to Hertz. Parents made him stay, said you're going to face adversity at some point in your life. you got to stay, comes back. We all know the national championship story, comes back and wins. So, again, it's another storyline that I love and I can get behind. I'm always down for a good storyline. The injuries, I I, I tend to agree with you. I mean – these guys are your draft. You are drafting them ideally to save your franchise, be the face of it. And, and for the long haul, but there's so many times that these teams won't have him potentially, even after his first rookie contract, picking up his fifth year option. Uh, you know, the date there's a chance they hit the free agent market or the next best thing comes out. So I'm, I'm kind of torn between him. Uh, the lefty part, I will be honest, for some reason does kind of turn me off to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just because the NFL, obviously, you know, ninety-nine percent of these guys are right-handed, and that's how the teams are set up. You know, your your left tackle is your blindside guy, um, so kind of having to then find a really good right tackle, uh, you know, to and, and transform the offense, and then reading progressions as, as well. You know, uh, being being left-handed, having his back it potentially towards uh, the 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 wide side of the field at times, um, unlike most of these other quarterbacks that are right-handed. I I, I like what he does. I think he's got great arm strength. I think he's got great mobility. Um, accuracy has got to obviously get a little bit better, but, uh, I think the dolphins were a good fit for him because they have obviously a ton of picks this year, next year that they can build around him, And they're not in a position where, uh, you know, there's a ton of pressure on them to win right now. Um, the only thing I, I, I think that I could say is I maybe would have liked to, have, if he would have fell in the draft, which he didn't, and I didn't really believe a lot of the hype that he could fall. Uh, but if he did, I would not have minded at all seeing him go to a place where maybe he could have sat for a year or two behind um, maybe a Drew Brees, you know, and, and, and learn from him and not be pressured to start right away and being a really good foundation to come in and, and play. But unfortunately, uh, that, that's not the NFL.
1: Yes, that 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 probably isn't. Hopefully, um, some guys will get that luxury though, um, but yeah, not not Tua for sure. Um, I mean, and, you know, Josh Rosen's still on that roster, so we you know maybe maybe we'll see a lot more of him this year, or maybe he'll get traded or something like that. Because I I was a pretty big believer in Josh Rosen, um, but in I that, was too. he's he's pretty he's just kind of been fucked over in his career, I think. You know. <laughs> That just kind of seems. Yeah, I, I,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then I'm also a giant Oregon Ducks fan, so very okay. interested to get your take on, get your take on on Herbert because oh, yeah. I've definitely been known to be
1: a homer at times. Okay, so. yeah, I I am not a fan of Herbert. I think he went too high. He was like my fifth best quarterback on the board. I think I'm trying to pull up my big oh, wow. board right now. Oh wow, fifth. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. Um, I he. He there's a I think teams um and I've said this before I think teams fall in love with like a lot of the good stuff and Herbert has a lot of the good stuff but he's so much bad that it, it, for a top ten pick I just I really um I really don't trust him uh he, he feels like another guy in in the vein of like Blaine Gabbert uh you know Locker th- those kind of guys I always point to that draft because it's the most disappointing draft in my entire life um, agreed but it, yeah, <laughs> he he just feels like that um and I. I, I don't really trust him because he just has so much bad he, he can he can really zip it and zing it and um but at, at points it seemed like the offense was kinda of dumbed down for him. He made a lot of dumb mistakes, um, that like a fourth year starter shouldn't make. Um, especially when you're like comfortable in that offense. I, I don't even I don't think he looked comfortable in that offense, right? Like it just um yeah, he was my fifth best guy. I had him Burrow, uh, Tua, love, from and then Herbert. So I was just not a fan. But the Chargers really their only weak spot besides, I guess, linebacker, which they did kind of address at the 23rd overall pick, um, was quarterback. So I, I get that they were going quarterback like they should have because that's the only you know place they really need to improve. They've done a great job in the offseason of getting a good offensive line together. Um, so, like, I get the pick, but I just I, – I'm not a fan of the talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely fair. Uh, I, I kind of see him obviously being a giant Oregon fan in a little different mm-hmm. light. I think he's got a really high ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. I like him going to the Chargers. He's a a self-admitted lifelong Chargers fan, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's a, he's a hometown Oregon kid. Uh, He only actually really had two major division one program uh, scholarships coming out of high school. I believe he was a two or three star quarterback coming out. uh, If that Um, not vocal, which was the knock on Mariota, Um, not, Mm -hmm. not a guy that you typically uh, you like to see a very vocal leadership style quarterback and, Herbert's definitely not that guy. Um, I, I will say in, in his only defense, which I wouldn't expect a lot of people to know this because let's face it. Uh, I, I'm originally from the East coast, uh, in Maryland. Uh, so, so I, I, I feel your pain back there in New York, but you don't get a chance to watch a lot of PAC 12 games back there because they're mm-hmm. starting at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And, and they're, they're on until 11, 12 o'clock at night. So, um, you know, it's kind of the Christian McCaffrey syndrome of, of mm-hmm. where people didn't know about him a whole lot at Stanford, um, didn't get to watch a whole lot of his primetime games. And then obviously uh, he, he speaks for himself. But I will say the, the thing about Herbert that I don't think a lot of people get to know is uh, our, our offensive coordinator, Marcus Arroyo at the time. Uh, I could watch a game and tell you how it was going to end based off of where we were at in the game, based off of if we had a lead. Uh, that was our that was our killer. Uh, very relaxed play style calling. Uh, Herbert also had three head coaching changes and three or four offensive coordinator changes. Uh, started with Helfrich. Uh, Helfrich obviously gets fired, uh, becomes the offensive coordinator of the Bears. Uh, then they pick up Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart stays there for a year, at least for Florida State. Then you get Mario Cristobal. So a uh, lot of changes there. I think he did well, but uh, at the same time, he's got everything that you do want in a quarterback, other than being vocal, which is really nice, solid six-five frame, strong arms, got a cannon for a right arm. Uh, highly, highly intelligent kid. Uh, makes good reads. Um you know, it, it was a very simplistic offense, which is, again, another knock on Mariota that he's not asked to read into his third and fourth progressions. It's usually, hey, this is your first look. This is your second look. If not, dump it off. So um, uh, but again, I, I, I'm a homer, Jesse. So uh, that, that may that may not be fair, but uh, hey, no, no I, I love the pick. I, I, I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I welcome dissenting opinions. A hundred percent. I, I want to know all I can. So getting the opposite side is is very useful for me. Absolutely. Um, and I didn't know about all the offensive coordinator switches. um, I, I, I just was, I wasn't parroting opinions I'd heard, but I, I just remember watching the film and then kind of being like, oh, this is odd. Um, cause the, the offense seemed simplified at times. And then I remember hearing that from, from other sources. So I just kind of felt like that was the, the thing there, but, but that's good to know that he, he, he switched once. Cause I know he was a four year starter, right? Or a three year starter. He was a senior three-year when starter. he left, right? Yeah. yeah. But he was a senior when he left, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm sure sure. senior. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, look, yeah, like I, I like I said um in, in the beginning about quarterbacks, it's super hard to judge them. I just think he has a lot of downsides. Um, he, he does have a cannon for an arm. Those like out routes that he's able to throw are, are insane. He does that a lot. He does that really well. Um, but I think he makes a lot of mistakes that I'm not comfortable with taking a top ten pick for him. So that yeah, that's where I'm going to land.
0: Yeah, uh, that that's absolutely fair. Uh, Derek Brown mm-hmm. at, at Panthers. I thought that was a reach. I had him as Ooh. outside my top twenty best overall prospects really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't love the pick there. I think mm-hmm. that uh, uh, with Matt rule coming in and, and doing such a good job at, at temple and then going to the, the kiss of death Baylor at the time, after the art mm-hmm. brow situation, mm-hmm. I just expected, uh, you know, a guy that's super familiar with a lot of these guys in college. I, 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 it, it, that was super chalk. I don't think I, I saw many mock drafts that didn't have Derrick Brown go on there, but I just felt like there were so many more needs, especially secondary for the Panthers. And, um, it, listen, we, we can talk all day about the Aaron Donalds and the Indomitian sues of the world and the Brockers. But I, I just, I, t- to me, you got a first round pick, it, it, a top 10 pick spending it on a, on a defensive tackle that, uh, is not gonna single handedly win you games is is just not a great pick in, in my opinion when you when you just lose Cam Newton or give up on him, bring in a new head coach, bring in Teddy Bridgewater, trying to build for the future. Just didn't seem like the, the best use of a, of a of a top ten pick in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Um, especially with regards to, like, yeah, you know, Aaron, Aaron Donald is great. He's a force. He's he's the best, you know, D-tackle, whatever, in the league. But that doesn't necessarily translate into wins. Totally understand that. Absolutely. I just think Derek Brown is one of the, the like, uh, the high, the lowest, highest, highest floor. One of the highest floor defensive prospects we've seen. Um, you know, at, at defensive in, interior defensive tackle, he was being double teamed, I think, every play I saw him in, in college. And he was handling double teams really well. I mean, half the time, I, I mean, I think I saw him on triple teams. Like the guy eats up the middle, so so your linebackers have the ability to you know make moves and and play good defense. So I really like Derek Brown as a prospect. He's one of the few guys I actually gave an A to. I just think he he occupies and does a lot of what a defensive interior defensive tackle guy should do. But I totally understand where you're coming from from the Panthers, like a drafting uh, strategy. You know, they lost Keekley they lost Bradbury. You know, they don't have a very strong uh, secondary. And secondary, I think is you know cornerbacks are probably the third or second most important position on uh on an nfl franchise i think um so I totally, yeah i totally get where you're coming from on that i just i just like derek brown a lot as a prospect personally
0: yeah yeah that that that's absolutely fair and again like you kind of mentioned earlier i'm the same way i love to get a second opinion on it um mm-hmm. isaiah simmons I, I love the pick uh-huh. uh I really wanted the racers to trade up and get this guy. I I mean, the, the guy classifies himself as, is when they, I don't know if you've heard the quote, but I love it. I mean, they ask him cause he spent so much time at corner outside mm-hmm. corner, inside corner, linebacker, safety, uh, special teams. And they, they said, Isaiah, what, you know, what, what position do you play? And the guy replies, mm-hmm. I play defense, okay. uh, lo- mm-hmm. love the kid. Uh, I, they had a scout on uh, PFF the other day that, uh, had interviewed Isaiah Simmons and, uh, watching film and after interviewing, interviewing him, uh, they, uh, they, they classified him as a guy that would stick his, maybe one of my favorite quotes of all time when analyzing a prospect, they said, quote, that, uh, Isaiah Simmons is the kind of guy that could stick his face in a fan and love it. And, uh, that I was sold from, from that point right there.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so I do not like Isaiah Simmons, if that surprises you. Um, oh, boy. That's fine. That's yeah, I know. Take. That's a hot uh, take. It, it, it is. Um, and I think you said, I'm, I'm trying to get on my PFF account so I can look up, like, the snap counts or whatever on his, uh, on his thing. Oh, it's but, insane. Yeah, so, um, I... I worry that Simmons is a jack of all trades, master of none. Watching his film, I think he best, um, you know, slides into a three-four blitzing linebacker who can also cover, which is a rare talent. I think he he was good in the slot. I liked him. I liked him a lot more in the slot than he does the safety. Um, I know he compares favorably to Derwin James. I know PFF really likes him. I remember that. But I remember reading his draft p- profile on PFF and seeing that he played like you know close to two hundred snaps at like a bunch of positions. I just worry that he he might not be that good at any one position and. That's going to hurt him because he he can't you know, he might be able to move all over the field. But like, I don't know if he's going to be good anywhere over the field that 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 worries me a lot, Um, especially for a top 10 pick. I so the exact opposite of your boy
0: that you guys took last year in Jacksonville. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah i'm sorry um,
0: i'm sorry let's pay back for the jamarcus comment. no no it's fine
1: it's dude, it's fine it's okay I, look we know that we can take heat because we're both on we both woofer franchises who have sucked oh, yeah. like we're there um the whole time no but uh so i i'm worried about Isaiah simpson i've said this a billion times on the podcast and, and i'll keep repeating it. he he just feels like a jack of all trades master of none and i'm not a huge fan of 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 the prospect um you know, if teams find a way to use him, and I knew teams would fall in love with him, I thought he might go at number three to Detroit. I thought Matt Patricia should be like, I'm defensive genius. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to take him and I'm going to turn into the best player ever, um, which probably would have been bad for him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I just, I, I don't feel like he really slots into a, a position correct. But I, I've been wrong before about guys like this. If he is Derwin James, then he's going to be amazing. So, because I love Derwin James, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ha, yeah.
0: Have to. Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll yeah, just just looking at the draft here, uh, you got C.J. Henderson to your Jags, mm-hmm. uh, Jedrick Willis to the Browns, Makai Beckton to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Interested to get your take on Henderson to the Jaguars yeah. and your opinion of Henry Ruggs III.
1: <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's go into that. I think we talked a little bit about the offensive tackles, so we don't need to go too deep into them. The Browns really need an offensive tackle, though. I think so. Getting uh, oh, I mean, great pick. Yeah, it, it was a really good pick. Glad he fell to them. And the Jets also, it was a good pick. I think they should have gone wide right receiver there, but they did get Mims later on, and, and he was, I think, a first-round pick, uh, prospect oh, too. So
0: love yeah. Mims. Yeah, love Mims.
1: Absolutely same. I, I 100% agree. He was, I really thought he would go at the end of the first, and I thought that might have been like a, a steal back there. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, had him, I, I had him in my, mo-
0: in, in my mock to uh, actually Philly trading up at the end of the first and, and picking him. So uh, taking uh, Jalen Rieger, Really surprised me, which he's a good wide receiver, but uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of had uh, I had Philly taking him. Uh, I think he would have meshed well with uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey, and what they're mm-hmm. what they're doing there. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. Love Mims.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so C.J. Henderson was. Let me see if I have, I think he was my second or third guy. He, he was definitely my second or third guy. i'm I'm not sure which one. Let me look it up. He was my oh, I'm sorry he was my fourth. I actually had our net in front of in front of C J. Henderson. You know with all these prospects, I need to refer to my list so I don't you know, get them confused. Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I thought he was a fine pick. Um he plays really good in coverage. um. I think he's like anemic to tackling and he reminds me a lot of like Antonio Cromartie, which, you know, is a pretty cool comparison. Like I'd love to have prime Antonio Cromartie on my team. Like, I don't think anyone would be, would be against that. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like him. Um, Like I said, this is a pretty deep quarterback class and he's my top four. I I, I liked him a lot. Um, I would have rather had Fulton there. And I mean if I if I mean the Jaguars have an opportunity to get both Fulton and Henderson and they need two outside cornerbacks, so that would have been the dream scenario for me, um, personally. Um but I, I like him a lot. Um he he seemed, he's really good in coverage. Um there's like no denying it. He does he doesn't seem like he's able to tackle and there are a few um, I noted a few, you know, blown coverages that that I, I made pretty big notes of it in my in my scouting, um, you know, my little notepad or whatever the whatever the fuck I have, it's an online <laughs> thing, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's my fourth best. I like the pick though. The Jaguars need an outside cornerback. They have a really good, um, inside uh, slot corner and um, Herndon, who I really like. Um, so and you know, trading away Jalen and, and trading away Bouye, we obviously there was an obvious need. So I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but I like the pick. I'll, I'll roll with it. You know. So let me ask you, does it
0: feel a little bit like a moot point other than salary cap uh, to get rid of Bouye and Ramsey and then to draft C.J. Henderson, who, in my opinion, I like the kid and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't have him anywhere close to a Jalen Ramsey, and, and I'm not sure that he breaches A.J. Bouye potential either.
1: Um, Yeah, he's, he's nowhere near Ramsey. You're 100 percent right on that. Ramsey was – the, the god prospect like i am very upset that <laughs> you know that that we weren't able to hold on to him he was my favorite player i still really like him even though he still switched on the jaguars which is you know annoying but i get it it was a pretty toxic culture um at least that's what we've been hearing um so yeah i mean it, it was like a lateral move it, or definitely okay less than a lateral move it, it, it was a definitely decrease in talent um bouillet had a really good year with Ramsey in 2017 and he had a really good year with Houston the year before I liked him, but I don't think he was a number one cornerback. He, he was, I mean, he he was probably just maybe like a low end number one or a high end number two. It, it was close for me. I think that Henderson could develop into, into a, um into a cornerback one. I don't think he's there yet. Um, I mean, we'll see how it goes, you know, rookies being, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do against higher competition, but, um, I think what the Jaguars in the offseason was smart and reloading at cornerback at least a little bit was also smart. So I'm like okay with it in the fact that we're rebuilding because I don't want my team to be like seven and nine, eight and eight, six and ten for like three years and like not make the playoffs. I'd rather my team suck, be two and 14, get some more draft picks and then be good for like, you know, after that. You know what I mean? So I I like the fire sale in that sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think uh, I think that the the big knock for me on on Henderson and and don't get me wrong, I would have been a static for the Raiders uh, to, to, to take him, um, you know, just in regards to uh, where, where the draft kind of fell, but I am really learning to not trust Florida DBs. Um, It started with Janoris Jenkins. You know, I I thought he was, he was an absolute beast and and he's had an okay career, but um, you know, definitely not what I thought he would pan out to be. Then I really was excited for Vernon Hargraves. I, I thought that kid was, was, Mm-hmm. super talented. I thought he could do a little bit of it all. And for some reason, CJ Henderson is to me, reminds me exactly of Vernon Hargraves out of Florida. Um mm-hmm. and not just because of the same school, I mean same frame, same kind of everything. And I really thought that uh Janors Jenkins was less afraid to tackle. Uh mm-hmm. hardgraves he he kind of had that uh, look at times like you mentioned to be anemic with tackling and uh Um, But I thought he could get away with it with his speed and his coverage ability, and and, and Henderson reminds me uh, like a twin of his. So um, I'm learning to not trust them, but like I said, at the same token with uh, the Raiders DB situation, um, Mm. you know, I I would take any of those guys right now.
1: Yeah. um, So I guess talking about Henry Ruggs, if you want to talk about that, um, look, I I know the guy isn't like – a straight speedster like a Darius Hayward Bay or something like that. He he is definitely more. You, you keep
0: that. you keep doing this to me, man. <laughs>
1: I'm How sorry, man. I is. have to. I have to. Man. Okay, all right. I'm so sorry. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> but, look, but look, I mean, um, Henry Ruggs is more than than Hayward Bay. He he is. He's not just a straight speedster. You know, the ghost of Al Davis might have had some influence. He might have done some like force magic on on his son or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't think this was a horrible pick. I just don't think rugs is the best wide receiver on, on his team, let alone in the draft. So, um, feels, feels like a reach for sure. Yeah. I I'm at the same
0: point. Um, you know, earlier before draft season, uh, when they were mocking rugs to us, you know, I, I was, I was really hoping that we would be able to land Judy or lamb. Um, But then when those videos started to come out of him in high school of like ferociously dunking, I don't know if you've seen those from like the foul line. Um, And then when I really threw on the tape and watched that he's not just a Hayward Bay, if you will. Or a uh, DK Metcalf that he can just run really fast in one direction, which is straight. We, we
1: don't tolerate DK Slender on this podcast. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of
0: DK. Uh, okay. yeah, not yeah. a fan of DK when he's asked to run around cones. and yeah. performs yeah, worse yeah, than Lyman. Co- in. But infamous cone drill. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, I, no, I, I like DK. I think he's actually going to be mm-hmm. uh, a solid player uh, in in Seattle. But uh, the more I watched Rugs, the more I saw and. I I think it made sense for us to take him. Now, if anybody else is at 12 and takes rugs, and Mm -hmm. I I swear I I have a point to this. I'm not just trying to (laughs) applaud what the Raiders do, because uh, if you knew me, you would know that I I am not afraid to bash them at all. But I think in that division, it makes sense. I mean, we got our own version of Tyree Kill, and that's what we're going to have to go up against. And, um, you know, obviously, we're, we're not loaded at defense, and it seems like more and more um, at least for our conference or and some other teams around the league, um, you're going to be asked to score points. Uh, defenses just cannot hold some of these teams like Kansas city, uh, you know, to seven, 10, 14 points a game. So, uh, even with good defenses. So, um, I, I think for me, I think it made sense to, to get our own version of Tyree kill. And, and, uh, we've got to try to put some points on the board and, uh, Gruden and Mayock were were adamant about getting some weapons for uh, for Carr or, or Mariota or, or whoever it may be, <laughs> um, but but I, I I honestly I honestly like it. I think he's a bigger, faster, stronger, better route runner than Tyreek Hill. Maybe not mm-hmm. faster,
1: but <laughs> um yeah. So uh, I can't really. It, it's, it's hard to judge. I get what you're saying. And we, and we talked about this, I think a little before, right? How the NFL is, is transitioning into, you know, these speedsters are being becoming really important, like Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I think you're right in that. I, I don't know if Brooks is that guy. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm not really sold on him as a prospect uh, from the film that I watched from the notes that I've taken. Um, he was my ooh, my seventh best wide receiver. So uh, but this this is also a prospect, possibly of the way I, I view wide receivers. And I don't Love to look at speed and and stuff like that as as my favorite marker. Um, I like to look at catchability, separation, and uh, and that's and route running. That's pretty much what I look at. And um, while Ruggs was a good route runner, um, he the speed is the thing that people fall in love with, and I'm I'm not you know a huge a huge fan of that as as a trait, um, as like the best trait. So, that that that's how I feel about that.
0: Hundred percent fair. Um, I will go out on a limb and say that picks 13 through 17, Mm -hmm. I don't have a single issue with any of them. And in fact, I really like them. I told you earlier, Tristan Wirfs was my number one tackle on the board. Mm -hmm. You got Tom Brady. uh, You got a ton of weapons for him to throw to. Um, Now you got to buy him some time and, and let him do what Tom Brady does. So Tristan Wirfs to me was a phenomenal pick. Javon Kinlaw, I mean the 49ers obviously are going to run into some some salary cap issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you know, they they get they get rid of uh, one of their guys from Oregon mm-hmm. um, and and pick up uh, Javon Kinlaw which is going to save them millions and millions of dollars that <laughs> uh, Armstead signed for in in, in Indianapolis. Uh, Jerry Judy, love it. You got to get if, if Drew Lock's your guy or or mm-hmm. or you're you're tanking for Trevor next year mm-hmm. Justin Fields. Uh, Jerry Judy you know, in Cortland Sutton, that that's a nice little combo there. AJ Terrell, I mean, got Falcons need help in in the secondary. I love that pick. And CD Lamb, how how does that even happen that he falls to Dallas? I mean, that's <laughs> it's seventeen.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah, we can we can run through this stuff real quick, too. Um, Worfs, I I totally get. Um, I the thought they needed to either address offensive line or secondary, um, like cornerback and safety. Um, they did do safety in the second round, and they got one of my favorite prospects of the day. We'll, we'll talk about him later for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, offensive line was just another need. So definitely a good move for them. Um, I think Kinlaw, like I said before, fits in really, really well with the 49ers. It, it's, it's pretty perfect how they got rid of Buckner, and now they have... You know, um, Kinlaw in there, and it's it's pretty perfect. I liked him a lot. I think if um Derek uh, Brown wasn't in the draft, uh, he would have been rated pretty much the same as him and gone in a similar fashion. So I'm pretty in love with Kinlaw. Um Jerry Judy was by far um my my best wide receiving prospect in in the draft. His route running, his catching ability. His ability to separate, um, his his general, <laughs> just abilities on the field. He does everything right, and I can't believe he fell so far to the Broncos. I thought the Jets would take him. I thought the Jets would even trade up to take him. Maybe even Arizona could consider taking him. Um, he was a monster, and I think he'll continue to be a monster in the NFL. I'm very sold on him. Do um, you have
0: him more as a Julio or Amari? Just out of curiosity, because <laughs> I have him, I have him closer to Amari than I do Julio. Um,
1: I hope he doesn't. And I've taken draw- some flack for that. Yeah, I hope he doesn't drop the ball as much as as much as Amari does. I don't think he will. Um, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm not ready to call any prospect what Julio is because Julio is like a Hall of Famer. So I I probably lean closer to Amari then, and that, and if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. That that was my same thought process. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to call those guys. Um, AJ Terrell a fine pick. Um, The Falcons lost Dunter Robinson, um, and, you know, their defense hasn't been good. Their offense has been pretty good for the past like three years, but their defense has been so bad. So needing to adjust defense makes a lot of sense. I thought this was a fine pick. I I don't really know what's, like, wrong with Terrell. Like, I'm surprised more people didn't have him mocked in the first round. Like, there isn't a lot I can really nitpick in him. Like, he seems like he has a really good game. He seems fine. There's just not, I, I don't think there's a lot to be really excited about, but he does pretty much what you need to do for a cornerback, so I'd be happy to have him for sure.
0: Yeah, um, he does really well in man. He seems to get lost in zone sometimes, and he definitely mm-hmm. has, has gotten beat. But I uh, mm-hmm. I am 100% with you on that. I, I could not believe that uh, every mock draft from the so-called experts that I was looking at had mm-hmm. him either day two or, or, or very barely in, in uh, round one. And I honestly – there was a point in time at 12 when we took rugs and the draft was playing out, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that uh, – uh, the Falcons would would potentially either go uh, O line or or uh, or or D line um, or or linebacker that I thought for sure that Terrell would fall and uh, potentially to 19 and and we know Mayock's love infatuation with uh, <laughs> Clemson and, and and Bama players so and and let me tell you something if that would have happened I, I would have been beyond <laughs> uh, excited for that draft but. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't fall out like that. But yeah, A.J. was is a really good prospect, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, C.D. Lamb, I probably have a pretty controversial opinion on. I, I wasn't a huge fan of him. He was You're high. full of these. <laughs> I know. I mean, he got to be a little con- contrary, right? He was yeah, my, I love it. Yeah, he was my fifth best wide receiver on the board. What? Yeah, my fifth best. Yep. Um, so, C.D. Lamb, the, the the issue I have with him um is that I don't think his uh, ability to make guys miss in the Big 12 uh, conference will translate well to the NFL. And that's what I think a lot of teams fell in love with. His big play explosiveness, all that stuff is great, and that's good. That's just not really the wide receiver I'm interested in taking um, with, with an early of a pick. But I will say, him him landing with the Cowboys, um, it is pretty much perfect for him. He's going to slot so well into the Randall Cobb role that they had Cobb work through last year. And that really, really, when Cobb was on the field was massively important to that team last year. I think he's going to fit really well into that role. And I think it's really good for him because I think if he went otherwhere, he had to be number one receiver. You know, he had a pretty good PFF grade on balls downfield, but I wasn't sold on that. So the fact that he's like a three on that team, which I think he'll be a three, he'll be like a a more of a slot guy, you know, more of a a tools guy um, is good for him. But um i'm just not really sold on the prospect I, I think it's a perfect landing spot for him but again his his ability is what he does in the game in uh in college i don't think it'll translate that well to the nfl and i'm willing to be wrong on that like i am for most things but this is such a good wide receiving class and it has a lot of guys like pipman mims and uh jefferson that i liked a lot more i, I thought they were just better receivers
0: nah, that's fair and i think uh, i think you actually nailed that i think i read today that cd lamb uh they've already announced that he will play inside of uh, where they got Cooper and uh, what's the other kid's name Gallup. Gallup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah. I think they announced that and he wanted to wear number 10, and yeah. I think Jerry is forcing yeah. him to wear 88. Like, that's is, so uh, weird. So that's not weird?
1: Yeah. So Jerry Jones. Yeah. Like,
0: I love Daz and I love yeah. Michael Irvin and I love you and you will yep. wear number 88. That's so weird. But I
1: think that must be the first time I've ever heard an owner tell a player what number to wear. Like, that's
0: crazy. Yeah, well, what do you do if you're CD Lane? I mean, okay. I mean, I, I guess I'll wear yeah, 88. I, I mean, I guess. How, right. how do you tell Jerry, no, I'm yeah. not going to wear it? And apparently, Jerry hit him. With the uh, one of my, you know, favorite people that I played football with in college at Arkansas died in, uh, you know, this year and War number 88 at Arkansas back in God knows when. I mean, if you're C.D. Lamb and you get told that, you know, I'd like you to wear 88 to honor my friend. that died. I mean, how, what do you say to that?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, that that's a, such a such a bad spot. I mean, that's <laughs> rough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I assume you had like a pretty high grade on CD.
0: Yeah, I I did. Um, I, I, I really liked him. In fact, uh, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, this is, I hate when I do this, but the kid that went to Baltimore last year, Marquise Brown.
1: Yeah. Hollywood Brown. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marquise Brown, uh, was obviously rated really high and I think CD Lamb is head and shoulders above, uh, Above Hollywood Brown. I, I just think that he has such better field vision. I think he's got uh, the ability to really, uh, if he gets the ball in space uh, to be extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. I think he's tougher. Um, I think he has a better frame and uh, I, I, I all over as a prospect, I don't think there's anything really that I'd better from Hollywood Brown than I do CD lamb.
1: Mm-hmm yeah, that that's interesting that you bring him up as as like a comp because I I liked Hollywood Brown, um, but only because he was in um, that offense that he was in because the Baltimore offense was built expertly around um, uh, Lamar Jackson. It, they drafted all the all the tight ends they needed so they could run the ball and have good receiving options. They drafted Hollywood Brown, who was a great deep threat, and they needed to um to stretch the ball or stretch the field because you know when lamar is running and doing the rpos if, if you leave a guy like hollywood brown like you saw in week one against miami um you know he, he could kill you on that and i thought it was a perfect fit for baltimore him and boykin boykin was a great um a great possession receiver and a really good blocker so he's perfect for that offense um i just thought he fit in so well with, with that um with that group and, and he did last year obviously that i thought it was a really good pick mostly because of that and i feel the same way about cd um they're they're in really good uh, systems for them um, so I, I like the comparison. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that from, from now on. So, so thanks so much, man.
0: <laughs> well, I will have my attorneys contact you at your office. Then. Uh, True. True. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. uh, no, no, I think that's fair. Uh, hated the Austin Jackson pick. Um, okay. Just, I, I, I didn't have that guy. I, I'll be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I could be way wrong on this. Mm-hmm. I had him middle day two. So and he the, goes 18 the, overall.
1: Yeah. So it's like third round or like, like middle of the second uh, round or like uh middle second round. Okay. Yeah. That, that's Mid- about where I think end. people had him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, So I would call it a reach there too. I think it was smart of Miami to take a, take an offensive tackle there, but I, I agree. He's he's definitely not the same talent as, you know, even a Josh Jones who went uh, in the third round. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I, I would have loved that pick so much more.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Or you get Isaiah Wilson that, that goes, what did he go? 28th. 20th.
1: Yeah.
0: 28,
1: 29th to uh, ten- Tennessee, I want to say. 29th, yep, to so Tennessee. Okay,
0: okay. yeah, I, I would have preferred either of those way better. And and here was my issue with the Dolphins draft. You mm-hmm. have more draft capital this year and next year than I've quite possibly ever seen. <laughs> you have zero pressure on you to win. Mm-hmm. Most of the people are, are in that organization and outside of it, and the fan base are saying, hey, if we get to a there's no. Don't need to even rush to start him. So right. to me, if you're in the greatest position, if you're Miami, when you can literally sit, watch the board fall, and just take best player available because you have mm-hmm. so many needs. The Dolphins shouldn't be reaching anywhere. In fact, in my opinion, they should have had outside. If you whatever you think of Tua Herbert, whatever quarterback they decided outside of that, they mm-hmm. should have had the best draft. In my opinion, because like I said, they can literally just sit and take whoever falls to them mm-hmm. and two, two, three years from now, watch it all come together. Uh, Cleveland Browns esque, if, if you will. Um, but without the rush to, to potentially get better because you uh-huh. haven't won a game in two years. <laughs>
1: um, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I think Austin Jackson was probably reached. I, although I did like him as a prospect, but I, I understand what you're saying. There, there were guys there that, that should have gone in that place. I totally agree. Guys like Ruiz, even that, that we spoke about, I think, I think would have been a better pick. Absolutely. Um, but I, I get predicting to it is like the big issue. I think they have some, some good receivers. Um, they have a, a remodeled defense that could actually surprise a lot of people this year, especially cause they have two of, I mean, the, the quarterback duo of, um, uh, I'm sorry, Byron Jones, who was my best non-quarterback free agent and, um, the Xavier Howard or whatever. I, that's, that's a really good <laughs> quarterback core. And, um, you know, they drafted I- Ibn Agni at 30, which I didn't really like, but, um, oh, I hated guys it. There, yeah, yeah, not a huge fan of that. Um, but having those guys there, they could have a surprisingly good defense. They put a lot of money into it. We'll see how it goes next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought... Just imagine was... if they
0: still had Minka with us.
1: Yes. Well, unfortunately, they weren't playing Minka in, in the correct fashion. Um, but Minka not was at like, all? Yeah. Minka was, like, I made a bet with my buddy that Minka would have a better career than... I forget who the other defensive player was taking in his in his area. But I, I loved Minka from the, from the pick he was drafted two years ago. He's been... I was so sad when when he um wasn't performing in Miami because I knew he was good. Like it was undoubted, uh, um, undoubting to me how how much talent he has. I think I used the wrong word there. Not a real word there, but yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh,
0: he, yeah, I think he proved that very quickly in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I love Minka. I love Derwin James. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really hoping the Raiders would have got either of them. Oh, uh, I really hated it was Derwin to see James. Derwin.
1: That was the guy. That was the guy that was a bet between. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might, you might, you might lose that one, but yeah.
0: you, you, who, who knows? We, yeah. obviously we never know how that falls, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a hundred percent fair. Uh, we talked about Damon Arnett. Uh, yes. that's it, a that's a that's a toss up. Uh, mm-hmm. then we're back to your Jags at twenty with yes. uh, Clavon Chasen. What yeah. what's your what's your thoughts on that? Um I
1: uh, this guy's so like running back originally. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, LSU, didn't he? Was that what uh, he recruited as? I'm pretty sure I, it's him. I think that's correct. Um, it's funny, too. Miles Jack also played running back in college, too, and he's, he's he a did. linebacker. So he yeah, did. He did. in the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching Yeah, I, mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Um, the the, the Chaseon pick makes makes it pretty clear now that the Jaguars and you know even with their day two pick, um, the defensive tackle out of a, a, a Ohio State it makes it pretty clear the Jaguars are going to transition to a three four because they have Josh Allen and and Chaseon Chaseon or whatever. So it, it made sense in that way. I guess looking back on the draft as a whole, at the time, and and I still think even now there were better players on the board for them to take. Um, I had guys like Justin Jefferson, Kenneth Murray, Cesar Ruiz, um, Patrick Queen. Uh, you know, guys like that um, who who I thought might have been or who are better players, I think, or better prospects at and at places where, you know, the Jaguars have a lot of needs. So um, I, I didn't wasn't really in love with the pick. I'm fine with it. Um, I think they need edge rushers for sure. I mean, Yan's probably on his way out for sure. I don't think they'll get a long term deal done, even though they weren't able to trade him. So it, it made sense to take an edge rusher. And, you know, most teams are pretty like like a, pretty. They go aggressively after defensive end players and, and edge players. So I was surprised that. You know, a lot of those guys that I had as second-round picks or first-round picks didn't end up going there, went a lot later. I think there's some really good players that went late, and we could talk about that a little later. So, Jason being the second-edge guy off the board feels pretty good for the Jaguars if he's the second-best guy in the, in the class, right? So, I, I'm okay with it in, in that sense. Yeah, no,
0: no, no, 100%. I actually like the pick to, to you guys personally. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, obviously, uh, and I'm 99% sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was recruited to LSU originally as a running back. So... Um, if you get a guy that's pretty that's pretty productive and pretty new to the position, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would call that a win. Um, I, I think he can transition pretty, pretty well to the NFL. Um, Jalen Rieger at mm-hmm. 21 to the Eagles. Uh, like him, not there, uh, not <laughs> to the not to Philly. I don't think he matches what they do, uh-huh. um, but uh, w- I don't know what what's your take on, on Jalen Rieger.
1: Um. Yeah, I thought there were a lot better wide receivers on the board. I want to say he was like my eighth best receiver. I think. Um. Ooh, he was my eleventh best receiver, actually. Yeah, so. I was gonna say like that. Him. That
0: might be fair because I thought I had him somewhere between uh, eight to
1: ten. I want to yeah. say. Yeah. It, it, it's it's again, it's a deep wide receiving class, so like not a huge dig on him. He was probably a second round talent in my opinion, but um for the Eagles. Uh, you know, they drafted um, Ortega Whiteside and he's supposed to be like the big body guy like the Alshon replacement. It seems like Rager going to be the Deshaun Jackson replacement. So I understand kind of what they're doing. And they obviously need to take wide receiver. You know, after trading for Slay, um, it made sense that they would go, uh, you know, wide receiver here instead of cornerback. So it made sense to me. Um, I just don't really like the prospect. So I didn't really like the pick.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I 100% agree with you. But maybe Tua will like throw into him here in a couple of years. Zing. Zing. Got, him. Got uh, him. Love Justin Jefferson to the Vikings. I oh, yeah. love that.
1: Oh, yeah. Easy love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I was so high on Justin Jefferson. Like, Same. coming into this draft uh, at the beginning. Well, let me let me pre- preface that, not coming into the draft. Beginning <laughs> of college football season, I I originally had a rank Judy, Lamb, T. Higgins was my third best wide receiver and uh justin jefferson was probably honestly eight to ten uh Mm. uh, for me uh but quickly quickly rose up uh i had him barely outside the the top three of of rugs judy and lamb i mean if if not any one of those guys could have uh been potentially interchangeable and i would have been okay with justin jefferson especially after his combine performance I mean, that solidified him. That may have been the most important 40-yard dash uh, <laughs> at at the uh, at the um, combine there for Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, um, that's fair. I, I also think that Minnesota, like, they had a lot of draft picks. I didn't love all of their picks, um, but getting a guy like Jefferson and not paying Diggs seems seems like a win, too, just just on the thing. I also think they really like Ola B.C. Johnson, who, who I think had a solid rookie year. Um, I think they still have a really good wide receiving cl- uh, core in, in Minnesota, and this just makes it even better. So I'm I'm happy for them and that. Sense. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. I didn't think it made a lot of sense to have two similar guys uh, mm-hmm. in digs and feeling. Yep. Um, I think you needed a big body guy who could stretch the field at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, kind of box out and, and and pick up a big play on 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 third and middle or third and shirt or third and long, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So, uh, yeah, I, I I love that pick. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Murray the Chargers trade up at 23 listen I like Kenneth Murray Mm -hmm. I don't know that I like San Diego trading up to get a middle linebacker
1: okay uh just because you don't think that's a position of like importance or like what what, why uh I think it
0: is especially a coverage linebacker Mm -hmm. um But again, I think Patrick Queen is a better coverage linebacker than than Kenneth Murray. But I just Mm -hmm. think if you're San Diego, I think they have a good – San Diego is weird to me because it looks like they're trying to get young. But Mm -hmm. their positions that they kind of have shored up are not young. So I don't know if they're trying to make a run – right now, or if they're building for the future, I'm very confused at what San Diego is trying to do. And they're in my division. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I don't listen. They, 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 they are the weird team to me. Uh, uh-huh. uh, one of the weirdest teams in the NFL of, of what they've done for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if I had to say like a position of need for the chargers, uh, if you're going to trade up into the first round, I don't think it's Kenneth Murray to me. I don't think it's an inside linebacker. And if it is, I think it's Queen, hands down. But, again, I don't even think it's that.
1: So, um, I think the Chargers are probably going for, like, a a win-now attitude. They have... I think a really solid defense and linebacker was the position I think that they needed the most help at. So I get trading up for Murray and I would probably agree that Patrick Queen could be considered a, a better, definitely a better coverage linebacker. I, I, t- I totally agree with that. And I think that's what you need to be in the NFL, like for the most part anyway. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I like Kenneth Murray. He seems like he's like a pretty big um, or one of my biggest boomer bus candidates uh, as a prospect.
0: I think be really really good.
1: Yeah. Really good or really bad. Um, but what I'm just looking at, at the charges on paper, I mean, Their defensive line, Bosa and Ingram, Linval Joseph in the middle. You know, they signed Nick Virgil in the offseason, who was fine. You know, Melvin Ingram's... uh, I'm sorry, I said Melvin Ingram already. Sorry, but their their secondary, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris that they signed, Derwin James, uh, Desmond King. That's a really good defense on paper if they can all stay healthy. And they very much improved the offensive line this year with getting Trey Turner, um, Mike Pouncey, Brian Balaga. Feels like they have like a really good team, minus you know the quarterback. We'll see how Tyrod does or if Herbert will start. But um, I I feel like they've got got a team to, to go places this year if, if they're able to you know put it together, stay healthy, and uh, um actually a decent quarterback play.
0: Yeah, that's a th- that's a, that's actually a really good point. Um, you know I guess when you look at it on paper, uh, mm. you know I haven't I haven't really looked at uh, uh the Chargers team on paper, but uh that that actually is is pretty impressive. I, I forgot about some of their uh, offseason acquisitions. Um, uh, with not having a whole lot of sports going on, so that's that's uh, yeah, I know that's, that's I pretty know, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Saints take Caesar Ruiz. We we talked about Caesar Ruiz. Uh, I yep. love the kid. He can, like you mentioned earlier, you, you nailed it. He can play center. He can play left guard. He can play right guard, which is I love it. Uh, in in today's NFL with injuries, uh, versatility is 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 any team's absolute best friend. And mm-hmm. not only does he can he step in and fill a position, which is, which is, you know, always needed and impressive, but uh, he actually, I played all three positions really well. Like (laughs) I talked about earlier, I watched a lot more film with Cesar Ruiz than his parents probably have. And uh, which is uh, uh, weird. Uh, But again, you're not going to turn on the film and watch Cesar Ruiz and say, God, this, this guy's a, a generational or, or even a, you know, this year's draft changing, Uh, offensive lineman but you will if you watch film on Cesar Ruiz notice that he doesn't make a lot of mistakes I mean Uh not 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 nothing jumps off tape at you but the guy's sound very very sound great footwork uh strong agile everything you'd want an interior offensive lineman that can play three positions in my opinion Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I I totally agree with everything you said um yep 100% (laughs) it's not it's not close for anything else um so Brandon Ayuk was taken next. That's um, did not like this pick. Uh, I thought there were a lot better wide receivers. That's pretty much saying it right now. Um, I I didn't really know if San Fran. I don't know if, if wide receiver was their biggest fish they need. I mean, they don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore, right? They didn't. They he's correct gone. Um, Mark so East like, Goodwin's gone. Yeah, they traded away Goodwin, right? That's true. So like, I guess maybe, but I just I, I thought that they really uh, there were better wide receivers. Pittman. Uh, I mean, Mims was still out there. Pittman was out there another guy that I liked um who else shoot um yeah Pittman Mims oh uh T Higgins oh my god T Higgins was out there he was my second best wide receiver I had on my board so (laughs) obviously not not a huge fan of Ayuk there um yeah so that's pretty much my take on that I don't think he's a bad receiver like I said it's a pretty crowded wide receiving class he just seemed pretty average compared to the other guys that I had um on my board
0: yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I originally had in my mock draft. Now I like Brandon Ayuk. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm a Pac-12 guy, so I've, I've spent a lot of late nights watching, uh, mm-hmm. watching, watching Arizona State play, and I, I like the kid. Again, I probably would have put. Uh, I don't necessarily know about Pittman, um, but I probably definitely would have put T Higgins uh, above nice. him for sure. But I. I Agree with you. I don't think that that was my position of need. Now I'm not going to say it's not a need, um, mm-hmm. but I just think that with how deep it was, they could have got something in the back right off the top. Yes. Uh, offensive line and corner really jumped out at me. Yep, yeah, me too. Um, uh, you know, Richard Sherman's obviously getting older. Uh, mm-hmm. Had an injury a couple years ago. Played played pretty well this year. Um, oh yeah, I mean he, he, he was he, one
1: of the best cornerbacks I think in in the NFL last year. But yeah, yeah. yeah I mean it's yeah, not going to be the same next year for sure
0: hundred percent. Uh, you do make the trade for Trent Williams, yes. uh, what day two, day three. Best so day th- best day three pick for sure. hundred
1: percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I, I like that a lot. That kind of sh- helps shore up the offensive line, especially if, uh, uh, gosh, I'm drawing another blank. If what's his face, is he retired? Did he so, retire, just uh... He is
1: retired. Yes. He retired. Okay. Yep. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that that's a that's a hell of a replacement to lose yeah. Joe Staley and get Trent Williams uh, <laughs> yeah. for what a fifth and a third next year, <laughs> yes, I believe. Yes. Okay. that is correct. Um, yeah, I I I think that there was uh, some still uh, uh, probably a corner or two I would have taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladney jumps out at me from 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 TCU. I think he would have been a really good fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, uh, I, I guess you can't argue with the need. Maybe argue the pick, but not the need. Uh, but then we get to the Packers, which Mm -hmm. I, I, that is the most mind boggling draft I've, I've maybe have seen in a long time. I mean, if I had to look at the Packers and say, this is a team that, uh, just made a pretty decent run in the playoffs. If I had to say, Hey, eliminate two positions that you absolutely don't need in the draft, I would have said quarterback and running back and their first two picks of the draft they go quarterback and running back. Uh and I had mm-hmm. AJ Dillon outside of my top 200 prospects.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure cuz I I like the Packers draft. Um and this is probably a controversial take, like I get it for sure. But um I I think Jordan Love is my third best like I said before. He's my third best quarterback in the draft. Um and I also really like AJ Dillon a lot um he's like a big bruiser at Boston College. He he reminds me of Derrick Henry, but hopefully not as a uh, Boomer Busty. Um but yeah, no Jordan Love. So so the pick I like there um or the thing about that first round pick is that y- you obviously know they did the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know they they had him sit behind a Hall of Fame cornerback, and it worked out for them. I think this could be a very similar situation. Jordan Love is a guy who needs to work on his his skills. He's Patrick Mahomes you know, he's a rough Patrick Rush version of Patrick Mahomes, right? That's what people have been saying, and I and I pretty much agree with that comparison. Um, if he gets the time to sit, you know, two years. I think I think um Aaron Rodgers has a two year out after this uh in his contract. Like I think he's got a four year deal, but the team has an out a after two years. A monster four
0: year deal. But yes, yeah, but, it, but it is, front, it is front loaded. You yes. you are correct.
1: Yes. So I think that's probably a way I mean Rodgers— is a really good quarterback. He's still a really good quarterback. He's not the same quarterback where he's he's gunslinging and doing the things that made him great back in the day. So, I understand where they're coming from that pick. And but like you said, you know they were one. I mean, you know they were a game away from the Super Bowl, right? And I love their defense. It's young. It's good. I I I think I I'm in love with um their cornerback situation. And Kenny Clark is probably one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. So I I I really like the Packers um defense. But the thing is, when I when I look at the Packers wide receiving core, you know, they I think they had the most snaps by undrafted uh, free agents in like oh, I don't know the modern yeah, era or something like they, that. They were taking fans out
0: of the stands <laughs> and letting them run routes at one point.
1: Right. I think right. Right. And, and I had I had them taking a, a a wide receiver there, and and I get it, and I think they probably should have, but I feel like it speaks to the fact that maybe the Packers are pretty comfortable with their wide receiver room. You know, they had a lot of rookies last year, but I they have one of the best wide receivers in the league, um, and also. 100%. I, yeah, and I I really like um, Alan Lazard. He he was an undrafted free agent. He was had really. I good...
0: loved him out of Iowa State.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was actually signed by the Jaguars as an undrafted free agent um, the first time, and I was really excited about having him there. Um, yeah, and that I, is I think he's a good player. Yeah, he I think he's a really good player. Um, I really liked him. I was excited when the Jaguars had him, and I was excited he got you know a, a chance there. And I really like having him in fantasy next year because I'm 100 percent grabbing him as, as early as possible because I think he can break out. And I think they must have some kind of idea of the Packers and be somewhat comfortable after seeing, you know, the rookie performances. Um, and that's just kind of what it, what it, what it feels like to me. Um, I, I'm really surprised they didn't take any wide receivers in their draft, though. That really surprises me. Um, especially Shocked. when a guy like K.J. Hale went in the seventh round. So that was just pretty yeah.
0: odd. Yeah. So being a uh, self-admitted, as you said earlier, PFF uh, mm. advocate, um, does it change your mind at all on Jordan Love That they had him graded out at a 75, which was the worst quarterback in uh, FBS.
1: Yeah. And um, worse
0: than some FCS schools.
1: Yeah. Look, um, I I understand that. And and I think PFF is really good at what they do. But from from the film I watched. It's not the end-all be-all. Yeah. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean from the film I watched from the the takes that I've heard from the ability that he flashed and I think he, I think if he were to start like right now he wouldn't be a good quarterback but I think him getting to sit behind Rodgers for 2 years um hopefully behind a good coach in LaFleur I think LaFleur did a pretty good job last year of um helping that team win. Um I I I I'm pretty comfortable in in calling love, you know, an, another good quarterback in the 30 year history or the you know, the next 10 years and the last 20 years of, of Packers, you know, football, if they're able to secure another good quarterback here and have another 10 years of dominance, a quarterback play, then no one's going to complain about this pick and, and no one should, if that's the case. And I think Jordan I, love can I, develop. I,
0: I agree with you, but isn't the knock on the Packers for the last 10 years of how they've wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime. And then mm-hmm. you go and you're one game away from the super bowl. You have a really good defense. You have two really good running backs. You have, uh, a, 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 th- there's not enough to be said about Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback and you don't want to take his last let, let's, I'm not, I'm not going to put an end on his career. Mm-hmm. I learned that about Tom Brady, but <laughs> let's, let's just call it two or three years. You mm-hmm. don't want to use that capital to make a, I mean, you're one game away from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Again, your knock has been that you've wasted a generational talent and you Mm -hmm. use two picks on what I presumably is going to be at at best second round or second string running back and a quarterback who probably won't see the field unless Mm -hmm. there's an injury or a trade or a retirement for Mm -hmm. three years. That's my knock on it. It's not Mm -hmm. that I hate Jordan Love. It's not that I I, I hate the pick Mm -hmm. necessarily. It's just, I, I, it, it it boggles my mind, honestly, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams,
1: that that's where you go. So if, if if I'm if I'm a GM, I'm I'm looking to build this this team as a team for the future, if not for the present. I don't know if they, I mean I think they could have upgraded a wide receiver. I think that's probably the only place. Um, they could have also drafted Josh Jones, who I would have liked. You know, they lost um, not back who's they lost Balaga, who they replaced with like I guess. Um, Billy Turner or Ricky Wagner whoever guy I don't think they're very good but you know that's fine um and I would probably have agreed that they did you know that the past few years before last year they did do a pretty shitty job of 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 using Aaron Rodgers to, to you know win games and playoff games and stuff um, but what they did last year signing guys like Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith um, that that was a, a, a stroke of genius getting those guys in there and they were monsters last year. They were ins- they were insane monsters. Um and-, and they killed it. And they've been drafting really well. Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Kevin King. Love those guys. They signed Adrian Amos from the Chicago, who I really liked. I thought Chicago made a mistake in letting him go. Um yeah, I, I I think they have a really good team around him now, and he's gonna you know have a really good team for the next two years. But as a GM, I'm not building just for today. I'm building a franchise so I can win every year. And all I want to do as a GM is make the playoffs. Because once you make the playoffs, fucking anything can happen. If the Giants can go not, from nine and seven to walk our team and beat a sixteen and zero Patriots team, all you gotta do is get me to the playoffs with a good quarterback, and I'll be happy. And I think they've got that in Aaron Rodgers for the next two years, and hopefully they'll have that with love for the next fifteen years. So I, I'm pretty on board with that. I also really like AJ Dillon. You never want to pay running backs. Fuck paying running backs. It's the dumbest thing ever. Just draft running backs and. Re- fill him with that guy that's all you need to do so getting at you dylan when they let Aaron jones go is fine by me
0: i uh i would have to say i don't think you're going to get uh many future potential running backs as listeners on the podcast i will have to point that out for <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> first. that's
1: fine that's fine <laughs> uh
0: you, you you make a strong argument uh there, there's there's definitely some 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 upside future-wise, uh, I will never argue that with the Packers draft. I, I think they did a good job at solidifying the future, as you said. But still, 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 kind of uh, uh, up in the arms. But again, it's kind of one of those two picks where uh, we really can't judge it uh, until a couple of years from now.
1: Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I'm—I I don't think I'm always right about this stuff. And getting a right wide receiver did make a lot of sense. I get what people are coming from, but um, you know, I, I don't think this was as bad a draft as people were, were saying it was. So. That's just how I feel. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's fair. Uh, Another controversial one is uh, at 27. Seattle takes Jordan Brooks, Yeah, who I did not have. uh, I want to go out on a limb and say I don't have my board in front of me, but I don't think I had him until the third.
1: Yeah, no, same. Absolutely the same. Um, Let me pull up my linebacking board. Yeah. I had him I mean I so he got taken right in front of Patrick Queen like we we obviously agree that that was a mistake right
0: like... uh, 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 yeah I am
1: not even <laughs> yeah. close yeah, yeah, 100% for me, too. Um, So so that was a, a pretty big mistake. So that was a weird pick. I also had him as, as a day-three pick. He was my fifth-best linebacker, although I counted Zach Bond and Isaiah Simmons in, in my linebacking thing. So he was, you know, maybe, like, my, you know, sixth uh, or, or, or third or fourth guy. So I liked him. Um, I thought Malik Harrison and Logan Wilson were all pretty close with him, too. But, you know, they were, like, later th- day-three picks, so, like, they— that was kind of odd for me to see him go there just, but the fact that he went in front of Patrick Queen just boggles my mind. I didn't like the Seahawks draft. I thought they reached on a lot of players.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, when you're in such a, a, a win now mode, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got, you got uh, Drew Brees, you got some nice pieces on defense and uh, you got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara uh, did, did, did make a lot of sense to me. Wait, honest. Uh, um,
1: oh, I thought we, were oh, to Seahawks, oh gosh, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I heard you mention something about the, uh, the yeah, Saints draft there yeah. as well. I apologize. Uh, no, no Seahawks. Uh, absolutely, uh, linebacker was obviously a position of need. Um, losing Jadeveon Clowney uh, is mm-hmm. is obviously never never a good thing. But uh, yeah, with guys on the board like Patrick Queen, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and, and that's another team that arguably is definitely in a win now mentality. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: yep. Russell Wilson is is. Uh, running for his life and taking a lot of sacks like he does every single year. Uh, so I don't know how much more time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, to, counting down the time before. I mean, I'd love <laughs> to see him play for a long time, but mm-hmm. counting yeah. down the days before uh, you better you better get him some help real real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they did actually a really good job in the draft last year, which is kind of what, yeah. what surprised Same. me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and John I mean,
0: Schneider and Pete mm-hmm. Carroll always seem to do a good job, but uh, definitely <laughs> not this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree as well. Um, I think they have like a sneaky good and young defense too. Like a, a lot of guys are, are, are I think, are kind of like no names ish, but they still have like KJ Wright and they still have. Um, the I Griffin think brothers. Defense. The Griffin brothers are good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm still a fan of them. So maybe they'll prove us wrong, but um. You know, the Ravens taking Patrick Kuhn with the next pick. Um, seems like the rich just keep getting richer. You know, they got Calais Campbell for a fifth-round pick, who was a monster. He did have a monster salary, which is why the Jaguars dumped him. But he's, like, the nicest guy ever, and he's such a force. Uh, I, I don't know how the Ravens keep doing it. Do, do you have any idea?
0: <laughs> I, I do not. Uh, I, I've come to learn uh, when I was living on the East Coast of Maryland and was surrounded by Pittsburgh and Baltimore fans that uh, the only certainties in life are, are uh, four things that are uh, death- Taxes, <laughs> the Ravens and Steelers taking a linebacker, defensive player. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I love it. I, I mean, there's 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 not a, a, a whole lot to, to say bad about taking Patrick Queen. Yeah,
1: I mean, totally
0: agree. Uh, the Ravens just keep finding a way to do it. And I left one part out of that uh, to my fourth part of uh, the definites in life. And that is uh, – uh, Cameron break getting touchdowns called back on him. Uh, I will never True. draft him in fantasy again. So uh, I've learned my lesson, I think yep. two or three years in a row now. So uh, my gosh, that is frustrating. But that, uh, that,
1: is, that is a good thing to think about. I I, I totally agree with that. Um, so you liked Isaiah Wilson, I think, right. You said that you liked him more than I think the fourth overall pick, right. Going to go to Tennessee at 29. So yes. what, what's the deal?
0: Uh. R- really liked him. Uh, I thought he was actually a better prospect even last year than Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. Georgia seems to keep producing uh, very, very good tackles. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the pick the Patriots last year taking Isaiah Wynn. but yes. again, I thought Isaiah Wilson was was uh, was was better than Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wynn. So, mm-hmm. um, and and if for what they do in Tennessee and what got them there so far. Uh, he's, a, he's a big mauler that can pass protect and uh, mm-hmm. I, I know I keep kind of referencing it but I'm a big fan of guys that are built like Trent Williams that are yeah. six seven you know six, seven 300 plus pounds uh, but but are extremely agile and uh, I, one of the things that I really loved about this pick in particular Jesse is one of the things when you throw on the tape of Isaiah Wilson that he does a really good job of that tackles don't do a good job of guards do in the NFL Mm-hmm. uh is getting to the next level so he gets his first man out of the way extremely quick uh and seems to always find his uh keep his eyes up field and always find himself at the second level and i think when you got uh derrick henry back there and, and that's your bread and butter is uh mm-hmm. you know limiting ryan Tannehill to uh uh Bob Greasy number of throws uh in, in, in playoffs of seven, nine, and eleven throws a game. I think uh that's a that's a great pick. A way to shore up your offensive line and uh get a guy who's great in, in uh run blocking and can pass block when you need to eleven times a game.
1: Yeah. Um they're gonna need to replace Conklin, so this is absolutely a good move. If they want Derek Henry to be Hey guys, sorry, sorry about the cut. Um I was recording this with uh, with my guest, um, and unfortunately he had to go, and I haven't been able to make contact with him since the end of our podcast, um, so I'm just going to finish this up, finish up the first round with, with my grades, unfortunately we will get a good back and forth, but I just want to finish this up with uh, just, minute, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins pick a 30, the Vikings pick a 31, and the Chiefs pick a 32, just to clear out the first round, just get my opinions out there on the airwaves. Um, so yeah, I want to do that, and then maybe like a bit of an an update on what I'm going to be doing going forward, um, just with sports being the way they are. And you know, after the draft, there isn't a lot more uh, content we can really talk about, right? So I will get to these last three prospects and or last three draft really NFL players, um, and then uh, just a quick little you know, going forward. Okay. So let's jump into it. The Dolphins drafted Noah Igbenogany, Igbenogany. Um, I felt like it was a reach at this position. Um, when they're paying two guys like Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, like a combined, I don't even know, probably like 50 million next year or like 45 million or something like that. It's odd, um, for them to draft a cornerback so high, especially when they have other positions of need, like on the offensive line, we know Josh Jones is still out there. Like I'm sure I've said that before. Um, but it's still true. So, it, it just felt like an odd choice. Um, there were guys like Antoine Winfield or AJ Panessa that I really liked that I'm surprised didn't go in the slot. And they, I think there were positions of need for them, too. So, I just felt like this was a really weird and awkward pick. Um, Igbenogany will probably play in the slot. I heard he was supposed to be better at that. But, you know, the tape that I watched of him didn't, I don't think, bore that out for me exactly. Um, but... You know, we'll see. So then the Vikings took um, Jeff Gladney with the next pick. I I graded this a C minus. I also graded a C minus for Miami. Um, I, I I was happy that they they at least moved back <laughs> to um to get Gladney. So that was good. But when there are guys like uh, Fulton still on the board that I really liked, and and other cornerbacks. Still on the board that I liked more than Gladney, it seemed like an odd pick. They definitely needed to draft a cornerback uh, to replace Trey Wayne's and to replace Xavier Howard. Or actually, no, not Xavier Howard. Um, Xavier Rhodes. Sorry, to Xavier, Xavier. Um. So yeah, I I I think they needed to take a cornerback for sure. I didn't think Jeff Gladney was the right one, so I thought this was kind of a bad pick. Uh. Then let's quickly move on to the Chiefs, who drafted Clyde Barbour Solaire. I said if I ever get around to releasing my clip show of the first uh first night of the draft, which, which I think will be my next thing, but I'll talk about that in a minute, um, he was the only uh, running back that I thought deserved a, a first-round pick, mostly because he's more than a running back, you know, what Brian Westbrook type, which I keep hearing, uh, at least I heard Andy Reid say that after the draft, that he might even be better than Brian Westbrook, but th- that kind of running back is, is more of the modern NFL, and I think a guy like uh, Edward Soler is more valuable than any just, like, three-down running back that you could draft, like DeAndre Swift, or even uh, guys like, even Pierre Ryan, who, who I thought went pretty late, and A.J. Dillon, you know, guys like those who who could be possibly, uh, third down backs, or at least, you know, tradi- or our traditional running backs, right? Uh, I, th- I think Edward Slayer is more valuable, and putting him on the Chiefs just adds another really good weapon, uh, that Mahomes can work with. Um, I agree this is a B. I thought it was a pretty good pick. Um, I would have rather them take a wide receiver, especially with Pittman on the board, or, and Mims on the board, too. I think those would have uh, worked really well in the Chiefs offense, replacing uh, a guy like Sammy Watkins, who I think is gone after this year because I mean, I think he took a salary cup or they cut his salary so he could stay on the team, but he's not worth 10 million, 9 million, whatever they're paying him this year. I think it was like 14 the year before, or it was supposed to be 14 coming this year before it got restructured. So, so yeah, that, that's the end of my, and my, my guest analysis of the first round. Um, I wanted to real quick, uh, I thought this was a really great podcast. This is the most in-depth I've gotten uh, with the draft on this podcast, which I think was really cool. Um, it was good to get my thoughts and, and to have a good little repartee with all of my, my draft grades and my thoughts on the draft. So I was happy to do that. I'm going forward with the podcast. I'll probably upload once a week considering there's no, until we get the MLB season back, then I might do more than that. Um, but I think, I think an upload schedule of like once a week is pretty good for me, especially when sports are pretty few and far between. I am working on a pretty big project, the I, I mentioned I think a few times on the podcast. It is my NFL draft recap and analysis. Um, I'm just starting to. You know, I I've done all my data collection, so I'm just I really have to like crunch the numbers and see, you know, where I get to certain things and and, and what I want to look at and what I want to highlight in, in my research. But I'm working on getting the '97 draft published. I want to get the '90s. I want to get like '97, '98, '99, 2000, 2001 all ready to go and ready to be published before I start publishing these these um, these drafts and, and, and showing off my research. So I want to, I want to do that before I do that before I published, you know, the whole final shebang or the whole thing. I want, I want a few to be ready to go before I, you know, send out any findings. So I'm going to be doing that a lot. That that's really what's going to take up a lot of my time, but that'll be the main project that's coming out on the website. But you know, baseball season might start pretty soon. I think we have a, a July 1st as a possibly the earliest day and then a truncated season after season after that, which I think would be fine. I mean, I, I would think it would be really fun to see these, like, uh, like three divisions with a, with a bunch of teams in your area. I think that'd be super cool, super fun. You know, baseball needs to be fun again, right? Bryce Harper said that a few years ago, right? I, I think I think that would be a lot of fun. But anyway, I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I'm working on a big project. I think I'll do uploads probably once a week going forward. So, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I had a really good time on it, and um, I hope you continue to listen. Thanks so much, guys.
0: That's it for this episode of the Bacon Games Sports Bar. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow Jesse on Twitter at E-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L.